Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. My guest today will help you take full advantage of the online resources and virtual learning to help you start 2021 on your best path. Andrea Crook, the co-founder of OptiSci Solutions, joins the podcast to discuss how to take full advantage of online learning and continuing education. Andrea shares the learning resources supporting her own professional development, the activities she considers essential for all geophysicists, how her company has adjusted during the pandemic, and the future of geophysical software. Andrea Crook co-founded OptiSize Solutions, a geophysical acquisition software and survey design company focused on developing innovative acquisition solutions for acquiring high-resolution seismic data. She currently serves as president and oversees both seismic acquisition design projects and software development. For the full show notes and links to get started with your own learning, visit seg.org forward slash podcast. And now, our conversation. I want to start, you know, Andrea, you've been active in teaching seismic acquisition courses for the SEG and the CSEG, I'm sure, among many other organizations. And, and I also saw in your bio, you're an experienced piano teacher. Uh, during this pandemic, I've been I've been taking piano lessons through Zoom, been propping up my phone on a music stand. You know, in this environment, as an instructor, how do you approach virtual learning? Well, it's uh, it's a bit hard because the the first thing that to think about is that um, it can be difficult to sit through a virtual course when the course is eight hours. When you're in a classroom, there's lots of coffee breaks. Um, you can chat with the other uh, participants. But if you're just staring at a screen, it's easy to lose focus. So. One of the things that uh, we've recommended and implemented up here in Canada, and the SEG has done it on uh, some of their courses, is changing uh, a two-day course into four half days. And that seems to work quite well for keeping the students engaged. The other thing that we're looking into is uh, reducing death by PowerPoint. Uh, when you're in a classroom, you can use a whiteboard, uh, you can spontaneously ask questions. So to try to make the courses more interactive, we're focusing on shorter bouts of speaking and then interleaving that with uh, interactive activities and questions. That is a, a great start there. You know, also during this time of, of virtual learning, there's there's kind of some things we're discovering that, that might be a benefit. So is there any anything you have discovered of some unintended benefits of virtual learning? Oh, uh, yes. I would say the biggest benefit is we can now attend courses anywhere in the world. So um, I was able to send some of our employees on some SEG courses that they wouldn't have been able to attend uh, in person. So I think the big benefit here is that because there's no associated travel costs, the uh, stu student audience is much larger. The other interesting thing is that many of these virtual courses are being recorded so it gives the instructor an opportunity to watch uh, themselves teaching and uh, learn from that on how to improve. Yeah, I hadn't had a thought of that. That's uh, that is that is a great thing there. You know, in, in SEG itself, it, it has a, a growing library of continuing education courses, a lot of, of which can be accessed virtually even before this pandemic. Could you maybe highlight a couple of these resources that have supported your own work as a geophysicist? Uh, sure. I think there's a perception that a lot of the education materials have to be paid for. 
But um, with the SEG, many of the honorary and distinguished lecture recordings are free to listen to. So those are some things that I've accessed. Um, and there, many of them are just uh, one hour presentations. So they're easy to, to sit and listen to. And then, like I said before, many of these virtual courses are being recorded and then they'll be available afterwards at a reasonable rate on the SEG website. So it allows students to uh, learn at their own pace. Maybe they don't have a full half day to sit down and go through the course, but they could spend an hour every other day going through stuff. And then I also want to say that the SEG library is a great resource and um, I'm often using it to find articles and abstracts that are relevant to our current research. Yeah, that's a good reminder on there, the SEG library. You know, one thing this time has allowed for for many is the opportunity to read those papers from SEG library and, and those books that have been piling up for maybe years. What technology or paper has kind of captured your attention recently? Well, I just uh, increased my pile of books to read because the SEG has a really great uh, sale on their books right now. So we, we actually just uh, ordered half a dozen for uh, myself and some of our employees. As an instructor, I'm always looking for new ways to help students understand the basics of seismic acquisition and processing. So two of the newer books that caught my attention are Illustrated Seismic Processing by Stephen Hill and Andreas Ruger and Understanding Signals, uh, Basic Waveform Analysis from a Geophysical Perspective by Michael Burianic. So I've just started reading those. Um, Michael's is uh, a short book, quick read, and uh, Andreas and Stephen's book has lots of illustrations, which is great. Uh, and then on the topic of technical advances, there's the upcoming discourse by David Monk on new technologies and seismic acquisition. It looks very interesting. So I actually ordered the book ahead of time to read up on it before the course uh, next week, which will be virtual. Yeah, those discourses are unique in that you can get the book ahead of time and, and kind of prepare and, and get those questions ready to go when you're when you're there hearing hearing the instructor speak. You know, what resources or activities do you consider just generally essential for the professional development of geophysicists? This is something that I think about a lot um, because I do specialize in seismic acquisition, but I think it's quite important for professional development that geophysicists get cross-discipline training. So it's great to know and be very knowledgeable in your own specialty, but I think it's critical to understand other areas of not only geophysics, like acquisition, processing, and quantitative interpretation, but also geology, engineering, and business. Uh, and I know that the SEG is developing some new courses that will focus on this uh, cross-discipline training. I also think it's very important to regularly attend conferences and workshops. Some of the research we're currently working on came about from ideas I had while I was listening to some talks at the SEG last year and wondering if the technologies could be expanded into new areas. So, you know, you also co-founded a company, OptiSize Solutions, and you're currently serving as president you know, how has your own company had to adjust during this economic period for oil and gas? Well, that's really interesting because uh, there was actually no change in our work environment since all our employees have always worked from home. But I, I'd like to say that working from home uh, as uh, an employee is quite different from isolating at home during a pandemic. So prior to the lockdowns in Canada, we would be attending multiple meetings a week at clients' offices. So one of the changes we've had to make is now all of our meetings are virtual. And it's very important to have a good internet connection and a good virtual meeting platform. 
some of the other things that are happening is, uh, although there are fewer projects uh, being completed due to the decrease in oil price, we found that we've had more time to take a deep dive into research and software development. And we're hopeful that we'll be able to share some of these results at next year's uh, SEG conference. You know, as, as the world keeps adjusting to dealing with and managing the impacts of the pandemic, do you see some actions or activities around continuing education that you believe should continue moving forward? I do. Although I think in-person learning is more interactive, uh, these virtual courses have a lot of value. Like I said previously, um, especially for broadening the audience by enabling more international attendance. Uh, so I'd encourage the SEG to continue offering some virtual courses so that people who can't travel to the course location can still attend. Yeah, as, as someone who had, had worked with students for a long time, it, it was sad that they couldn't be in person at the SEG, but also kind of exciting because a lot more people are going to be able to attend and engage with, with the SEG than typically would have been otherwise. What do you think is most important for geophysicists to focus on right now? That's a bit of a tough question, but um, I think probably one of the most important things is being able to clearly communicate the value of geophysics, and not just within uh, their own team, but to a broader non-geophysical audience. And I think this should include both within their company as well as to the general public. So I'd, I'd recommend to geophysicists that they take any opportunity they can to, to educate those around them, even the non-technical uh, members of your extended family, on the value of geophysical exploration. You know, speaking of, of education there, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, you, you're head of, of a company yourself. If you could speak directly to the CEO, maybe of a, a large oil and gas company, one of the majors, what would you like them to keep in mind during this particular time we're going through? It, it is a very difficult time. Um, and one of the things that uh, we've been considering is that many of the normal structures and stress relievers that people utilize outside of work are gone. So uh, many people don't have extended childcare anymore and the social activities they normally participate in aren't happening. So this can lead to, to very low morale. And um, one of the things I've been thinking about and encouraging in our company is to, to do more, take more educational opportunities. So this could be by enabling staff to share short technical presentations with employees from other divisions, attending virtual courses, or even creating short presentations for the public highlighting the value of geophysics. Um, another thought I had is creating educational material that parents can share with their students' teachers is a good way to engage both uh, the employee and their family, as well as helping to ensure the general public understands the value of what oil and gas companies are doing. Yeah, I like the focus you, you've had several times throughout this conversation of, of engaging with the public uh, about the value of geophysics. Uh, I'm just curious, are you currently working on a course? Um, I'm developing courses uh, basically continuously. We're, we're going to be doing one here in Canada at the Doodle Train in November. And it's more of a, a general uh, course on seismic acquisition and processing. But uh, I also volunteer with a, a few different societies. And we're looking at more ways to create content uh, for children, both in grade school, uh, a junior and high school. That's exciting. And, and this is a, a bit of a, a general question. So take based on the work that you do kind of as you as you will here but but please finish this sentence if geophysical software reached its full potential it could well 
The, the joke is that it could replace geophysicists completely, uh, but <laughs> I don't think that uh, that's exactly what will happen. Um, I think that as software uh, improves, uh, it will enable us to make smarter, faster decisions and avoid costly mistakes. So, for example, by automating repetitive processes, the geophysicist is freed up to focus on more complex value-added analyses. So I'm quite excited to see all the new software products that are coming onto the market. You know, what one piece of advice would you offer someone looking to be as successful in your field as you have been? I would say uh, don't be scared to to speak up. When, when I started my career, I was terrified of uh, speaking out at meetings. Um, so I made uh, an effort to chair meetings because it was a good experience to, to get out there in front of people. And um, never be afraid to ask a question. There's probably somebody else in the audience that's thinking the exact same thing as you. So uh, be brave, take risks, and um, take as many opportunities as you can to to present. And and lastly, if you could solve just one mystery as a geophysicist, what would you solve? Oh, that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things we're working on in acquisition right now is how to uh, get more low frequencies out of the seismic data. Uh, we're often limited uh, on the lows due to the type of source we use, and uh, low frequencies are critical for uh, quantitative interpretation. So, so that's an active area of research. Is there anything that I, that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? I think you've been very thorough. Education is is a passion of mine, and I, I'm quite uh, quite excited to be volunteering with the SEG on their education committee. Well, that is great. SEG appreciates the time you're you're putting in on that, and and for just highlighting what what is going on in, in the continuing education of virtual courses. And wish you all the best in in the weeks and months ahead. And thanks for taking time out to to speak with us today. Well, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to the website at seg.org forward slash podcast to find all the episodes and learn how you can subscribe for free directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bakomjian, Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.